Welcome back to another episode of All Things Red. On today's episode, I have someone I've been trying to get on here for a while now, Abigail Nashwinner. Abigail, how are we doing? We're good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you very much for doing this because I can only imagine how busy you are, especially with the season coming up. Yes, I was literally just working five minutes ago, but we are good to go. You got the glass of wine ready? Yes, it is ready. It's number two is ready. (laughs) Okay, it better be. Listen, I know it's not necessarily proper to pour a full glass, but like I'm I'm hoping that you're going to say you poured a full glass instead of doing the typical like half glass wine bullshit. It is definitely an eight or a nine ouncer. I'm just saying. Uh, That's perfect. (laughs) I love it. So. For people that don't know you, um, you know, who who are you? Where are you from? And how did um, Bleach by Abigail all get started? Okay, so I just want to let you know that I um, I was busy all day, so I wasn't able to really think about this. So this is mostly going to be off the top of my head. Um, but so I'm, if you guys don't know me, I'm Abigail Nashoner. I own Bleach by Abigail Lee. And I started Bleach by Abigail Lee actually in 2017. So um just a little bit about myself. I am, I was born and raised in Buffalo, actually in Lewiston, New York. And I moved down to Charlotte, North Carolina about two years ago um, with my boyfriend who actually is from Lewiston as well. He was already living down here. So I made the journey down here. And um, this is where I actually was able to start up Bleach by Abigail Lee full time. And yeah, that's, that's pretty much what you got to know about me. It seems like, it seems like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems mm-hmm. like over the past, I would say two, maybe three years almost, it seems like, like the tie-dyes are coming back, the bleach clothes are coming back. Um, but it seems like everyone, I mean, it's, it's in a way fashion, like everyone does the same thing and then a new trend comes and everyone mm-hmm. tries to do it their own way. Was that something that you saw like the bleach clothing starting and you were just like, okay, there's really, cause I said this to my buddy the other day, like until the bills started winning again, there, it was just a generic Bills clothes. There wasn't really a lot of people getting creative with Bills designs and all different types of stuff. And now there's so much stuff out there. Um, yeah. So did you see that? And then being like, obviously, you knowing how you are, um, you knowing how you are, were you just like, okay, I, I, there's potential here and you went for it? Or like, when did you start like bleaching clothes? Okay, so in, so I, I think that the bleaching and tie-dye boomed because of quarantine. That's where I've seen the most people like I I never saw this four years ago. And so in 2017, when I started, I, um, I was I just started off as a lifestyle blog. So I was I thought I was an influencer. So I was like, Okay, I'm going to talk about my, my photography, I sing in a band, I, um, I do the bleach clothes, and I traveled a bunch. So I had a whole blog about that. And it was called Life by Abigail Lee. So not until last year, it was changed to Bleach by Abigail Lee. But since 2017, the bleached clothes have always been a component of mine, specifically Buffalo Bills clothes. So I have actually done that since 2017. It all started, um, I was in the Lewiston Art Festival, which is actually coming up in two weeks that I'm going to be participating in again. In 2017, I made a bunch of Buffalo Bills I thrifted a bunch of bu- Buffalo Bills like clothes and I was like, okay, I'm going to do this cool like bleach because I was, I had a girlfriend who was very like hip and trendy and she was very like grunge style and she would always wear these bleach clothes and I was like, that is the coolest thing. Like you're so, you're so fancy. I was like, okay, I'm going to do that. But I was like, why don't I do it with some like 
you know, cause I've always loved sports. I've always been like a huge tomboy. I played hockey for 10 years. I love the Sabres. Like, so I was like, okay, I'm going to do like Sabres and Buffalo Bills and just like, you know, have a few pieces and see what happens at the art festival. So I sold my photography. I had some like painted art glasses and then I had a bunch of clothes. The clothes flew off the shelves in the first day. All my Buffalo Bills clothes were sold out. And I was like, okay. So I went that night and I went to every single Goodwill Salvation Army all around Western New York. I was like, I got to find pieces that I can re you know, redo and rework and, and, and make special the next day all sold out again. And I was like, okay, I see. So I am catching on to this trend. People are liking this. I did it the next year. It did just as well. So I would do this because it would fund. I, I specifically did it because it would fund all of my traveling. So I'm a huge traveler. I've been to like 25 countries. So I would just make clothes to go and travel. But basically that's where it all started um, back in 2017 to fund my international trips. And now it's, it's a full fledged full-time business. So that's kind of the gist of what Bleach by Abigail Lee was and now what it's become. That initial, after that first initial uh, art gallery up in Lewiston happened, mm-hmm. were you walking, what were like your expectations going into it? Were you like, okay, I'll probably sell a couple things or were you just like a complete shot in the dark? Like, uh, let's just see where this goes. And then after obviously you sold all your pieces, were you like, wait a second, I might have something here. Or were you more so on like the fan, like the personal fan side of like, oh my God, that was so cool. I would love to do that again. And not really thinking the business aspect of it. Not really the business aspect. It was just like, it was just a hobby. I just, I needed to make, you know, a few, you know, a couple hundred dollars extra to, you know, fuel my trip to go to Thailand or fuel my trip to go to Morocco or Ecuador. So I would just, I would just work my butt off and make as many clothes as I could try to sell them, go on Instagram post and people would just eat them up. But I never thought of the business aspect of it. I just thought of it as something uh, like a a side hobby that's all I ever thought about it until last year did you always have that hustle in you or was that something that sparked after like these first couple like um Lewiston art art galleries no I've I've always I've always been a very hard worker um it's just something my parents instilled in me Mm -hmm. um like my first and my first year of college I was dual enrolled at Niagara University and NCCC. I was taking 10 classes. I was working a full-time job as a waitress. I was running for the Peach Queen, which is like the Lewis and Peach Festival Peach Queen. And uh-huh. I was um, I was also in a musical at the time. So like that was, I just, that's just like an example. I've always just, the busier, the better for me. Yeah. Are you one of those, I know you just said busier, the better. And I don't mean crazy as in like psychopath. I meant more so of like, are you one of those crazy people that like, from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed, you have to be doing something. Yes. Because so another aspect of which everything will link to is mental health. I've had mental health problems in the past, not, Same. In, like, not in a bad way, but like in a way where it has affected my life. And yes. if I am not busy, I am depressed. So if I stay busy, my mother's always said this, you are most happy in your life when you are busy from, from the time you wake up to the time you go to sleep. So that's, something that like this is kind of, you know, it's my full-time job and everything now, but it's literally a, it's a part of my mental health at this point. Yeah. How do you like, well, we'll transition to that and then we'll come back to like the business and all that stuff. Okay. Why do you think, why do you think, cause I, I, 
you know, I I would probably say obviously quarantine brings out ever brought out everyone's demons in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Um, whether they're good demons, bad demons, or just things that like you're suppressing. Because a lot of people, um, I had a buddy on, and we were talking about this. Um, because this was this was me personally how it happened for me is that like when you naturally are like a hard worker, a mentally tough person, and you know have a good character and can handle a lot, you don't even being affected by something. And Mm -hmm. so like your back's absolutely against the wall. And then you're like, holy shit, like I just have been suppressing so much over the years. And then obviously the littlest thing sets you off. And then you're just like, okay, that was the straw that broke the camel's back. And then you realize a lot. Was that with like your mental health? Was that like kind of the situation with you? No, it was more of a gradual thing. I always knew that there was something there that Uh wasn't right. And, you know, I come from a very you know, Christian family and, and, you know, God's the answer to everything, which it really, it is, but there's also like, I just had a, a church sermon yesterday and it was about that, like people in the Bible, like Paul, I think they were talking about Paul literally had like mental illness. And like, he, mm-hmm. he talks about it throughout the whole Bible. So it's just something with me, like I can, I can be like a believer in God, but like, I can have, I can have like inner problems that, that he's going to help me work through. So Mm -hmm. it's always been like a gradual thing. I think it, it set, it was set in stone. And like when I was 19 and ever since then, I've been able to, you know, just cope with it the right way. I've learned now at 25, I've completely mastered it. Like, you know, just with, with medicine and how just my daily routine, I know exactly what I have to do to keep my mental health right where it is and it's it's hard to get there but if you can do it like I'm a I'm a I'm a new person and like I have a I have a crazy awesome business so like even if you have a like a, a mental illness or even if you've ever had the problem if you had depression or anxiety you can master it because I've done it and like a few years ago I'd be like that's not gonna work for me you know <laughs> no exactly that like I've I've recently come from with that is that like I don't really and I'm not saying this I don't know how to say this properly but it's more so of like I'm not saying it in the sense of like I like to like just work 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 grind 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 mm-hmm. but I've realized that like when I'm just chilling that's when I'm like okay I gotta be doing something and yeah. I know a lot of I have friends that are just like yo take a break chill and I'm just like yeah but I can't like I need to like I either need to be like doing something actively or I need to be, if we're not, you know, like out or doing something like I really can't just be chilling and watching TV no more. Like unless there's like a football game on or like a, like the NBA finals or like there's like a high stakes sports game on. Yeah. I can't just like come home after work and be like, Oh, I'm going to watch Netflix and chill and sit on the couch the rest of the night. So like for me, that's depressing, but I know people that the opposite is depressing. So it's like when you have, obviously like when you have friends around you and I have a great, like I keep really, um, I keep a good circle. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but our, but at the same time, we're all vastly different. So it's like, how, how would you say just mental health in general, how would you, in your opinion, like, how do you, how are you able to like understand yourself when you may have people around you that are different. Like I know a lot of friends that are like, yo, just chill, take a, take a chill pill. But I'm like, no, like this shit makes me happy. Whereas other people, like I said, are just like, nah, bro, working like that would drive me crazy. I can't do that. Yeah. Not... I mean, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. sorry. No, and no, I was no. just going to say, and not succumb to that influence. Yeah. I mean, like I, I have, you know, at, at the age, you know, 25, I'm not old, but I'm obviously not young. Like I'm a, mm-hmm. I'm a woman now. I've learned to, you have to surround yourself with the right people. You need to surround yourself with the right people who influence you correctly, who either, you know, 
half of my girlfriends, they have the same exact problems as me. And we're on the same page as we're not going to go backwards. We're going to go forwards all together. So it's just, I think it's just surrounding yourself with the right people, because if you're around people who don't understand then, and they're not going to understand, then they're not worth your time. Mm-hmm. So that's just, that's kind of where I've gotten. And when I'm with those people, I'm happy. But if, you know, if I'm alone, I let my mind wander and I can't, if I'm, if I'm busy, I don't let my mind wander when I'm, when I'm working, like I'm good. But if I'm, if I'm alone and I start letting my mind wander, I, I draw back to my friends who I know I have a support system within and I know they're going to help me. So, you know, it's, it's, it's hard. Cause even, cause how old are you? Uh, I'm 20, I'm 27, but like, okay. I don't, my birthday's in January. So as soon as the year comes, I have my birthday's January 14th. So as soon as it's the new year, I turn another year old. So it's like, whereas like a lot of my friends are later in the year or even Mm -hmm. in the fall. So it's just like, like I said, like, I don't feel 27, even though I am 27 and you probably don't (laughs) feel 25. Like, I feel it honestly, it's not like a maturity thing. Like, I feel like I'm like 21. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like uh, maybe feel like I'm like 23, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll do. We'll go with 23. But like, yeah. you get the gist of it. Like, I do not. Like, I do not feel old at all, and I definitely don't. Like, I'm not one of those people that it's like, oh, I'm getting older. I got to take life more serious. It's like, nah, I'm gonna be a big kid forever. But at the same time, I'm gonna handle my business and whatever priorities I have to take care of. I got to take care of them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Definitely. Does now like going back with the business because I know like this can tie into the mental aspect in a little bit. Like I've had friends like me personally, I've always thought that school is a fucking scam. Like I'm just like this shit pointless. Not from the aspect of like you don't learn anything, but obviously in my personal opinion, which I've talked about on the podcast plenty of times, is that unless you're going to a highly uh, specialized skill set job where you do need schooling in the sense of like being a doctor, being an accountant, being an attorney, or something that's like that um I didn't think that like when I was in high school that they were necessarily which again it's not necessarily their job it's like 50 50 but I didn't think that they did a good enough job I would say personally developing kids in the sense like I remember when I was in high school a little bit where it's like if you wanted to be a plumber or an electrician or you wanted to do a trade school or even if you did like eerie boces or something like that you were looked upon as like a loser or someone that was going nowhere in life yep. whereas now it's just like a lot of you I have friends that went to law school and they're just like I fucking am miserable yet I have all this debt and I don't want to do it or I've had friends mm-hmm. that have gone to dental school and they're like this is fucking stupid I don't want to do this yep. and but and so like I've always thought like you know, people, people pick jobs based out of the salary expectations. And they be, Oh, like, Oh, I want to be an attorney. They make six figures. Oh, this is what six figures will afford me in life. But they don't do enough of like, well, maybe you're a good writer. Maybe you could be a good blogger or like how you had a friend that was very, like you said, uh, what was the word? Grun- grunge fashion? Yeah. She was a super fashionable, like, yeah. <laughs> and I always, I always make a joke about the fashion industry. I mean, I can't, I would never be able to design or anything like that, but I always make a joke that I see people like Travis Scott or like Drake or like Post Malone. And I'm just like, what you wear is ugly as shit. I would never wear that, nor would I pay a hundred dollars or more for what you have on. So it's like, I always yeah, wondered yeah. with <laughs> people that are creative like you and um others that do what you're doing or you know make their own clothes and stuff like that where does that confidence come from because I know I'm sure a lot of people maybe that didn't say it to you but when you're like I'm gonna start 
you know, bleached by Abigail and it's just going to be bleached and whatever. They're probably like, yeah, who's going to buy that? That's not really like, that's, that's not, that's not a thing, but for you, it's like, it was your creative outlet. And now Mm -hmm. that you've seen the, you know, the monetary value that's come back in return, you're probably like, well, wait a second, I can have a business. And then from there, like we were talking on um, prior to, I don't want to say exactly, but before we were recording, I asked you, Hey, are you going to branch out into this? And you're like, that is an idea. And once you start something, then it takes you somewhere. And then from there, you get more ideas and you branch out even more. But it takes that first initial knock on the door to be like, oh, this can open something for me that I may never even thought about. Not to get long winded. Yeah, it's, um, you know what, I just I just want to start by saying that school, like college is an absolute scam. Like, I will and I will say that till the day I die. Me too. My, <laughs> my listen, my mother works at the university I went to. She she runs that university with her job. She is the the purchasing agent for the university. She works her ass off. She she loves she loves her job and she loves at school. My brother just graduated from there. I if I could take it back, I would have never given a penny to that school because guess what? I didn't learn anything that I'm using now from that school. I, and you know what? I, you know, if you want to go to college and if that's something that that you want to do, that's fine. I did my four years. I did my four years in two years. I wanted to get the hell out of there. I I worked my ass off. I remember going. So I studied communications. I remember going into my first class. And, and one of the professors was talking and I was like, I was, it, it was something like, it was something like political and I don't, I do not like to get political, but it was something they said. And I was like, this is going to be a hell of a year. And I was like, <laughs> this is, I was like, this is not my cup of tea, but you know what? I, I sat through it. I paid, you know, my ugh, last year I paid off with every single penny that I made with Bleach by Abigail Lee. I paid off $30,000 straight cash of my school, my student loans. And I got it over with, but I, everything I, everything I know, everything I use, I mean, I don't even know how to do my taxes. Like I, I literally don't know how to do taxes. Like I have an LLC. I'm a, I'm a full blown business. I have to call people every day. And I'm like, what the hell am I, what am I doing? Like, you know, they didn't, they didn't teach me that in high school. They didn't teach me that in college. That's just a, a basic thing that you should need to know. I paid them thousands and thousands of dollars. And the job that I, I play, I applied to a hundred and I'm sorry, I'm like going crazy because this pisses me off, but I love it. I love it. Keep going. I applied to 150 jobs after I graduated from college. And the only way I got a job was because the guy who is my guitarist in my band, his aunt owned a business where I could be the administrative assistant. That was the only way I was able to get a job with a four-year communications degree from a, 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 a wonderful, you know, Niagara university. And I wasn't even able to get a job. And now I'm doing something that I didn't go to school for marketing. I didn't go to school for business. I studied a little bit of social media, but every single thing that I learned that I'm doing now was either from internships or shit. I just had to teach myself. Absolutely. We had a, um, so I went to, I originally went to Hobart and then I transferred to Mercyhurst. And when I was at Mercyhurst, my senior year, we took a, uh, social media and politics class and had nothing to do with politics. It had nothing really to do with social media. It was mainly just figuring out what is the best way to 
get to the top by using algorithms and shit, get to mm-hmm. the top of the Twitter search bar. And one of my buddies, uh, Tyler, he would always get so pissed with me because we sat <laughs> next to we He sat in front of me in class and I would always show up late. Um, sometimes I, I could say this cause I wasn't on the lacrosse team and it's, we, it's, I wasn't on the lacrosse team anymore and mm-hmm. it's legal now, but I would show up late. Sometimes I'd be stoned and <laughs> I just would have my Mac, but I wouldn't care. And I, I, sometimes yeah. I put eye drops in other times I wouldn't. And people would look at me like I had three heads and I'm just like, yo, pay attention to yourself. It's not that big of a deal. You, I know you really wish you were like, shit, I wish I was stoned right now too. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But, right. <laughs> so, and and I would just be sitting there and one of my friends, uh, Grace Gabriel, she played lacrosse at Marquette and just tore it up. So I would be, you know, in class watching like some of her games or I'd be sitting there watching ESPN or I'd be watching YouTube videos. And I did the whole like you have the um, air, the air fo- or the, the old school Apple AirPods or earbuds with the wire. Where yeah. You put it through your you put it through your sweater and it looks like you're like leaning on your, your arm because you're tired. Yeah. And he would just be like, you never fucking pay attention. You never pay attention. You never you never do anything. You never do any of the homeworks yet. You're OK with just getting a C. Like I'm like, buddy, because your GPA is not going to mean shit. I said this class is not going to mean shit. But I was only doing and saying those things because when I started doing real estate uh, my sophomore year, being around business people, I was the type where if I saw a, dri- a guy driving a Lambo, I would have no shame. I'm just like, my man, um, this might be a little too personal, but what do you do? And he's just like, oh, I do this, this, and this. I'm like, okay, well, you know, how, how are you driving this car, if you don't mind me asking? And then he's like, it's my investments. It's the businesses I own. And I'm like, businesses you own? What do you mean businesses you own? And then they would break it down for me. And then like, well, what do you... And a lot of people, surprisingly, which obviously, like, you probably grew up the same way I did, like, where... Now, my, my like my family wasn't like don't talk about money but like society as a whole is like don't talk about money it's like a taboo subject but i didn't really care because i was just like well how are we gonna live? yeah and and from these people that were very successful and it wasn't just real estate it was people that had like like small like mom and uh, pop type like clothing businesses or just like were a successful barber or anything and i would just ask them questions about like taxes and like you said like LLC forming an LLC and how to bring an idea to market and what does it actually take to market things and stuff like that and a lot of the things I was learning from these people they're just like buddy like good thing because I told them like I got school covered by lacrosse but they Mm -hmm. were just like good thing you're going to school for free because you are going to be paying for nothing like literally nothing literally air Yes. And so a lot of the things, so I purposely took marketing and finance classes and stuff like that. And it was all like corporate based. It was all like, if you're going to work for say Chobani yogurt, how you're going to market to like fucking like 10 year olds or five year olds or, or, you know, the suburban people. And it's like, what is it that I don't want to work for Chobani. So what is that teaching me? It's teaching me nothing. Mm-hmm. So like with you in like your business and how you got it off the ground, you know, kind of going on that little soliloquy, how did you gain that confidence to be like, okay, I'm going to market my product this way. Um, and I think this is right without someone being like, Hey, Abigail, you need to do X, Y, Z. Cause I feel like a lot of people have that notion that you need to be good at something before you can start it, which we both know that's not true at all. Yeah. So I'll, I will tell you that. So do you, have you ever heard of Tony Walker and company? Yes. So I worked there for about a year. Um, 
I, I walked in one day with me and my girlfriend and we were just, you know, bubbly happy. And we were, and they asked us if we wanted to work there and we were like, yeah. So I actually got hired as um, a creative director there and I ran one of their advantage brands for about a year. Um, and basically got to run my own brand, run my own social media platform and get, get to, you know, touch on all of their social media platforms. I particularly didn't like working for Tony Walker. Um, but the stuff that I worked like that I learned there while I was working was how I'm where I am, like where I'm today. I owe it all to that. And mm -hmm. I am truly blessed because of that opportunity. So I would say everything that I, I learned, it started there, but how I gained the confidence to really do this and take off with it is I'm you to start a business. Like, I just know that you gotta be, you gotta be bubbly. You gotta be personable. Like if you're going to be a small business owner, the biggest thing to do is just start working on getting out of your shell and just, you know, if you have social anxiety, just start talking to people and just don't give a shit about what anybody thinks about you. That is my number one thing. Like when I go on my Instagram stories with, with that, I've had the most engagement on it's the stories that I'm literally half sweaty still from the gym. I'm jumping on, I'm making faces. I'm acting like a goofball and people are like, we love you. And that's how people connect with you. That's how people want to buy into your brand because I'm, I'm a hundred percent real. I've never ever wanted to fake like who I am. So mm -hmm. I think that's a huge aspect of just, you just got to be yourself. Like if you're a goofball, like I am, like I, I see whatever I want and people are just like, dude, you're, you're great. And I, I love it. Like I'm that's, that's, it's a hundred percent me all the time, but if from gaining the confidence to actually make the jump into a business, I would have, if I lived with my parents still, I, I don't even know if that I would have done this because I was in a comfortable job. I was in a comfortable administ administrative assistant position. I worked a mile away from home. I would come home, you know, my parents would cook me dinner. It was easy. The only way that I was able to do this was because I had this, the support of both my family. And honestly, like, I don't want to sound like bitchy, but like, it was my boyfriend. Like he told me, you know, if I want you to do this because I, I, so the backstory of all of it, sorry for me babbling the backstory. I, no, of I was just going to ask you that next. The backstory of why I took on Bleach by Abigail Lee full time from it just being a hobby was that I lost, I was a social media director in Charlotte for a, a huge events company down here. Mm -hmm. And on June 30th, they said, we're letting you go tomorrow. So by on July 1st, last year, during the pandemic, I'd lost my job and I had no way of bringing in money. And I'm not someone, I'm not someone to take unemployment. I was just like, nope, not doing that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was just like, nope, I'm going to work for my money. So I, I started, I was like, you know what? I got to take, I have to take this on full time. I was like, I got to work my ass off and just see where it goes. And my boyfriend said, you know what? I will cover expenses right now. I got you. You do this. If it doesn't work out, you can always find another job. So I kept applying for jobs, but I kept working and working and working and putting myself out there on social media. And by September, I, I couldn't even keep up with orders. And I was, I was making money to where I, you know, we bought a house. I could pay, I could help him pay for the mortgage. I could pay for groceries. And I was like, thank you for giving me that opportunity. And then I was able to do it, you know? 
No, absolutely. And like, I, I'm just in, like I said, like when I say, how'd you make that confidence to jump? I just hear, I don't know if it's because like when we were younger growing up, um, like my mom certainly didn't instill that shit in me. My mom basically was like, cause she had me when she, I said, I literally say this on every podcast, but yeah. she had me when she was 17. She had me when she was 17. She had to do it on her own. Cause, um, my dad was never around yeah. and she had to go against the grain for pretty much everything. And she was able to pull it off, but she always told me that you can't, you can't be influenced by others. And that if you want to do something, don't ever talk about it. Just go fucking do it. Because mm -hmm. the thing that is like, um, per se, like the key in that is that like when people see you do something that looks like some massive finished product, they're going to automatically not, well, social media wasn't around back then, but like, they're not going to, they're going to, in a way, just be your free advertising. Like they're going to talk about you to others. And then you're going to get, um, I don't want to say attention is the right word, but they're going to be more so of like, oh, this person can do this and this person can do this. So people have that like perception is reality and mm -hmm. then will start to boost you yourself. And then from, you know, just it, talking with people and stuff like that, that you'll, you'll be able to get better ideas and then you'll be able to be able to get in touch with different communities of people and learn more things. And it's pretty much like anyone that does anything, it's just learning on the go. But I think that um, whether it's social media or like, I don't know exactly what it is. I feel as though just people are just like, oh, I, I could never, I could never do that. Or I could never do this. So like, I'm always fascinated, like why people actually like take that on because they're, I'm sure that there's people that like you've said you can do stuff around that are just like okay where does she get off why does she get that confidence from but really it's mm -hmm. not it's not like cocky confidence it's more so of just like I have an excitement for this idea and I'm presenting it as like I am going to do the work so that's why I believe in that idea and I believe in myself yeah oh yeah I'm I'm excited to I'm excited every morning to wake up and be my own boss and make as much money as I possibly can like that's that's a, you know, and, but do what I want in my free time. Like that's a, that's, ex that's exactly why I do what I do, you know? Um, so like with you, like what, like, what, what is it that like, is the, I would say like the give and the take on like the, the being your own boss, because obviously it, it is exhausting. It is taxing. Like, um, you know, I wanted to do this podcast earlier with you, but I was literally working up until this point, which, um, I have friends that, whose parents are their own boss. And mm -hmm. they've said to me like on here previous that it's just like, you know what, John, like I've seen like the way my mom or my dad work and like, they don't know necessarily where that next check is coming from. And I don't want that, that stress and that fear. So it's like, I just want to work a nine to five. I want my weekends off. I want my holidays off. I want my two weeks of vacation every year. Um, and it, it is what it is. But then like me, on the other hand, I'm like nine trying to do that. Like if yeah. I want to go somewhere, I want to go somewhere. If I, the idea that, you know, say this year I can make 50 and then next year I can make 30, but then the following year and year three, I can make potentially 250. It's like, there's no cap on it. It's more so the harder the, you work, the more you make. And then mm -hmm. obviously the freedom of being your own boss and stuff like that. And then the idea that which you know, this is business is unlimited. So you can mm -hmm. collab with anyone and you can spark an idea overnight. And then that might become the new bestseller in your shop or something like that. So for you, like, what are those ideas that keeps you wanting to be your own boss versus, you know, packing it in, just letting it be a side thing and working a normal nine to five? I will. I, I know in my heart, since I've been my own boss, I'm, I will work harder for myself than anyone else. 
Like if no one could pay me, I know because of my hard work, no one's going to be able to pay me how much I can work. Like mm-hmm. if someone was going to say, I'll pay you a hundred grand to do this, I'll work harder than the hundred grand that it's worth for that year because I know I'm capable of that. So, you know, why leave it up to someone else to tell me what I can make when I mm-hmm. know, you know, if I want to make, if I want to sell $300,000 of freaking Buffalo Bill sweatshirts this year and work my ass off, guess what? I'm going to do it. And I know I can do it because I've done it and I'm going to keep doing it because there's no one's going to tell me what I can and can't do. Like, I don't, I don't need a boss because I know I'm going to work my ass off. And I know that I have the self-discipline that I'm, I'm blessed with that. I mean, my, my, it's all, I owe everything to my parents. They have instilled this in me that no one's going to tell me, you know, when too much is too much. I'm going to, I'm going to keep going until, until I literally, <laughs> I go some days until I can't walk anymore. So <laughs> are you a, uh, are you a confrontational person? Not like in the sense of like, you're going to throw hands with someone, but like, if someone like you believe in yourself to the point where if like someone says something about it, you're like, what's up? Like you got something to say, <laughs> but well, not- okay. so, okay. So with confrontation, I, I'm a, a God fearing person. I am, I, I, I believe in being a kind human being always, but yes. If someone messes with my business, I will throw hands. Like, yeah. So like if someone, yeah. So like, it's like, if someone gets out of pocket, like what's up, we're getting out of pocket too. Oh, oh yeah. Like I've, and here's the problem. Like I've, I listened to, um, I listened to Sarah's lounge, so lounge shop buff Buffalo. Yes. She's the sweetest thing. Like her and yeah, I are sweetheart. Great, her mm-hmm. and I are great friends. I adore her. We are, we're like, her and I are already teaming up on stuff. Like I've been talking to her for months and months. She's like, oh, you know, everyone's all, you know, I love the community in Buffalo and everything. I will tell you right now <laughs> that it is not like that. I, she might, she might be from that point of view because she's just a sweet, a sweet, sweet girl. Me from what I've been through, it is cutthroat. And I've had, a, I've had problems with, with, girls in my business and I've had women who I've literally coached through. I've gotten an LLC. I have FaceTime with them for hours. I have helped them set up their business and they go behind my back and they start doing Buffalo Bills bleach clothing. I am no stranger to confrontation because this is my baby. I've worked my ass off to get where I am. And last year I was, I was nice. Like I was really nice last year. This year I've already I've already told, I've already warned my people. I said, listen, I said, if anyone tries to mess with my business this year, there will be confrontation and it will not be good. <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, it's like that Tony Soprano, like, you know, you stay on your side of the tracks. This is my side of the track. Oh. You cross the line. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like, it is what it is. Yeah. So I was, was, and I'm glad that that wasn't like an offending question. Cause that was the vibe I was getting from you. So I had to ask, but I know that sometimes that is a little like over, you know, overstepping the boundaries sometimes. If, oh like, no, no. Okay. Not Good. At all. Yeah. So, um, with, you know, back to your business, like, yeah. um, one thing that I noticed and I'm not gonna, I obviously I mentioned the name before we were recording. I'm not going to name names on here. Yeah. Um, but there have been a couple of people who are, I would say well-known in the Buffalo area mm-hmm. that have reposted some of your stuff or even, you know, worn your stuff and stuff like that. Um, and how were you able to get in touch with them? Was it more so if you sent them free stuff or was it they reached out to you? Because 
I, I know, I know just from watching like YouTube videos and YouTube vlogs that like a lot of like brands and stuff, if, um, Stefan Diggs, for example, like yeah. you could be like, Hey, here is 15 different pieces of bleach stuff. I know you may not wear them, but maybe, you know, your mom or your aunt or someone in your family might like them. It's on me. Don't worry about it. And then he, he, for example, may repost it on Instagram. And then obviously as big as he is, he has millions of followers. Someone might hit him up and be like, Oh my God, where'd you get that? I want to buy it. And then just from, you know, him potentially reposting you, even though he's not the person I'm talking about yeah. your brand, it's free marketing in, in his, your brand just exploded by say a thousand followers and potentially like $50,000 overnight. Yeah. So was that something that you organic? I don't want to say organically, but was that something you knew from the jump or was that something that you tested? And then you're like, Oh shit, I didn't realize that 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 could happen. So honestly, I, and I'm going to be a hundred percent honest with you. So I, from in the past, when I've seen that stuff happen, I've, I've actually, it's happened because other girls have taken the initiative who have, I don't like saying this cause it's kind of sucks, but like girls who I've mentored and, and really screwed me over and taken over my complete business idea and do exactly what I do will send they've contacted because they're eager. They've contacted every single, you know, Buffalo Bill girlfriend or wife or Buffalo Bills player. And they mm -hmm. will send their stuff to them. I'm pretty sure for free. And then they will post it. So me on the back end for the very, like the few people that actually did it, I did contact, I would contact them because I was like, you know what, if you can do it, guess what? I can do it too. But now I've gotten to the point where I don't have to, I, last year at this point, I contacted a, f a few people and I, you know, influencers, Hey, can I send you some stuff? Now I had a, a I'm not going to say names, but last year I had a girl who has, you know, over 1.5 million followers on Instagram message mm -hmm. me and say, Hey babe, at, she said every single one of these pieces, I want these. And I said, guess what? I said, no problem. I said, I'll have them <laughs> soon. And she's, and now they're, and they're willing now they're willing. They're saying, you just let me know how much she says, if you want to comp one and I'll promote it for you, no problem. So I'm at that point now where I have, which is un like blows my mind that I have people with millions of followers wanting to buy my clothes. And, you know, it just, it, 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 it's crazy, but I, I love it. And I will, that's just my thing now that I don't even, I rarely reach out. I have a group of amazing, like, you know, Buffalo influencers who yes. are true to me, like love my stuff, are amazing women. I really, you know, there's some, there's a few guys that I, I stay in contact with, but it's mostly the girls just, you know, cause girl community, whatever, but um, yeah, girl power. Love it. Yeah, girl I mean, power, Hey, I was that. raised, yeah. Yeah. I'm not, not to cut you off. I was raised by a single teenage mother. So I'm even though sometimes how I act and how I talk, cause remember we were saying that I don't really have a filter and nor do I give a fuck. I could yeah. come across as uh is mis misogynist. Is that the right word? Yeah. But yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. but uh, no, I'm all about fucking women doing their thing. Yeah. Go moms. We love moms. So, um, yeah, that's just like, I've gotten to the point now where I used to last year, I would reach out and it wouldn't even be for 
for the promotion. It would just be for the, Hey, guess what? I can do this too. And now it's Mm -hmm. the point where I have them reaching out to me, which is amazing. And I, it's such a blessing. And I'm so blessed to even have them think to want my pieces and wear them to like Bill's games. But Mm -hmm. I'm at that point now where I'm like, Hey, guess what? Like I work my ass off and I let myself know, like, I deserve this. I can do this. And I'm going to, I'm going to make all these you know, Buffalo Bills girlfriends and wives and or the Buffalo Bills players who want my pieces, I said, I'm going to look make them look fly. So, you know. Yeah, no, of course. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm and that's the thing. Like, we it, it's point, we don't need to name names because that's not the whole point of it. The whole mm-hmm. the whole point behind it is, like, I, I just think that, like, some people, when they first get something, that is their first incentive is, like, hey, I just need that one person that has millions and millions of followers to put my shit out there. And it's just like, uh, it's like kind of disingenuous in a way, because it's like, yo, you're just trying to use that person to get you somewhere. But, and it's like that what you're doing is essentially building a house of cards because someone eventually is going to find out your stuff's not popping like that versus. So that's why I was always curious, you know, like how, how did you initially get in contact with certain people um, that way? Because I feel as though a lot of people like they really, which no, Hey, shoot for the moon. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But at the, but at the same time, like how, you know, I'm always curious, like how people are organically able to like grow it and stuff like that. Um, yeah, it's literally just an, an Instagram message. That's all it takes nowadays. It's just an Instagram message. Like that's, <laughs> that's the, the gist of it. Like you don't need to know anybody, but that's all you got to do is just, if you're, if you are a new business, like this is for anybody who wants to start a business. If you just want to get your name out there, just send, you know, 10, 15 every two weeks to some influencers, see if they message you back and, you know, send them something small. And if, if two or three of them uh, repost you or say, Hey, thank you for that. That's, that is a huge in today's, you know, day and age. Like that's, that's three, four, five, a thousand dollars of marketing that you are, you know, by sending, you know, a few dollars of, of pieces to someone. So, you know, influencers is the way of life. I, I don't, I hate to say that, but to contact people, you know, with all the followers, that's, that's how you get known now and, and how you make your money. So I do, I, I applaud that. And I think that is a very good business idea. Yeah, I actually, to be honest with you, you'll probably laugh now that we've been talking for a little bit. I mm-hmm. After I DM'd you and I was looking at your page for a little bit, I was just like, I was sitting there and I'm just like, huh, DM her, <laughs> DM her not. And, and I'm like, you know what? Like, I always say, like, with the boys, like, I always joke. Like, I was just in Miami two weeks ago um, mm-hmm. with, we were visiting one of our buddies that lives down there. It's the same kid that I was talking about in college. would always get pissed at me. We were visiting him. Yeah. And our buddy, uh, Mike from Toronto. Because you can't cross the border, but you can fly into the U.S., which that doesn't make any sense. But mm-hmm. that's a different story for a different day. Mm-hmm. But I always, like, I, I kept saying, like, as a joke, I was just like, hey, shoot to get hot, shoot to stay hot. And, yeah. and, in, <laughs> and in my head, I'm thinking, like, eh, this girl's pretty big. She's got, like, 17,000 followers. I'm like, I do like the stuff she's doing. I'm like, I'd love to talk to her about it. But I'm like no chance she answers and then I'm just like you know what I can't bitch out now I'm like I gotta stick to my motto so like I just hit the DM and then within an hour you hit me back and I'm like holy yeah. fuck I wasn't expecting that <laughs> but shit let's do it I love um, it I love it yeah so you know with the business like you know getting back to I would say more of like the serious side of it what mm-hmm. is what are some of the from your personal perspective not not things that like you've heard from other people but things that you have actually gone through that you're like, what the fuck? What are some of the unknown struggles of being your own boss? 
that people, a lot of people don't necessarily know because they don't see via social media or they don't know you personally. So they're, they would never be put on to actually knowing. Um, there's, there's real, there's a lot. Um, I'll, I'll keep it to a few, but taxes, like what the fuck are taxes? Um, as a business that is, Mm -hmm. it's terrible. Um, I, I did my taxes this year. Did I do it right? Sorry, IRS. I don't know. Um, it was hard, but you know, I had someone walk me through it, but that's something it's, that's a, that's a bitch. Um, the struggles it takes on your personal relationships. Um, I work my ass off. I, during football season in about, in about a month, I will be working 70 hours a week. I will, I will wake up. I will, sometimes I forget to brush my teeth. Like it's like, I will work because I'm, I got, I gotta, like, I have these orders rolling in. So it takes a, it takes a toll on your, you know, your, your health, your personal relationships. So this year, I think I'm ready to find the balance in that. Uh-huh. Um, because well, I was going to say, good thing you got a boyfriend. Cause yeah, he can't be walking around with hot breath. <laughs> I know. I know. He doesn't come home till like seven or eight. So I'm just like, by then I usually brush my teeth. So I'm like, okay, we're good. But I know, I'm yeah, he gets it. He gets, he gets it. Um, <laughs> That's love. Like, yeah. Other than that, um, just being disciplined, like it takes a toll on you. Um, being like with, obviously again, with the mental health thing, like being, discouraged by seeing people copy you literally all the time. Like I just went on, I went on Etsy like an hour before we started this and I just, I just checked on like Buffalo Bill sweatshirt and it's, it's, it's my design over and over and over again with all just over and over again. Like my bleach design that I've literally made for four years that I'm 99% sure no one ever made before. And it's like, I can't let that get to me because I have to just keep doing what I'm doing and keep being creative and not let those things like affect me. And it's, it's really, it is so hard as a business owner, not to let outside people get to you. And it's, it is really, it's, it's affected my business. It's, it's affected how much money I've made in the past. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would just, yeah, I would just say those few things. It's, it's a lot more than you think, but it's so worth it. I would never, I would never trade any of this for the world. Like it's amazing. You played, you said you played hockey, right? Yes. I played ice hockey for 10 years. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. See, I wouldn't even like, if I was on skates and you bumped me, I'd probably go flying. Cause I never played hockey. Oh yeah. I've no, I, done... would, I would, I would kill you. Oh yeah. yeah I, was good. I love that. <laughs> I love that confidence. I love that confidence. Yeah. <laughs> I love that you weren't like, Oh no, it's okay. I love that you were immediately like, nah, like you'd be getting the work if you were on the ice with me. Oh, I like yeah. that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, the other thing that I wanted to ask, like, I'm no love doctor, but I just like, I, I have a decent amount of friends that like, I get like, oh, well, I'm not getting supported by this, or I have this idea and they just sound for you. How important is it like having someone like that you are dating or that you are in a relationship with that does support you and is your biggest motivator? Like how you said your boyfriend's like, yo, just fucking do it. And if you don't, it doesn't work out, you can just go get a job. It's, it's, it's honestly, it's everything because I would say it starts from your core, which is Mm -hmm. the most important, you know, your, your immediate family, your mother, your father, your, you know, siblings, um, all of that has came from them. But, but Anthony, my boyfriend, he has instilled it in me to where he has said, you know, you, he sat me down like, like last year when I was just, you know, working a regular waitress job 
I was, you know, doing some clothes here and there. He sat me down. And he was like, what are you doing? And I was like, what do you mean? He goes, you have so much talent to offer this world and you aren't fulfilling that. He goes, what? Get to it. He goes, start using those talents. Sing, um, make clothes. Like you, you have so much and you're just, you're waitressing, like do it. And he, it, it hit me, it hit home. And I was like, I gotta, I was like, I could show him. And, you know, he it's kind of not a competition, but he was like, he, it was kind of a competition. He goes, show me what you can do. And I was like, you know what? I can do that. So having a support system and even friends, like I have girlfriends down here straight from Buffalo, Syracuse, Rochester. I send over my designs and I tell them, I said, if this is fucking ugly, you tell me right now. And half, sometimes they'll say, I hate it. And other times they'll say, post it right now. So like, you, you got to build your, you got to build your clan correctly. You have mm-hmm. to have that right support system. You got to have the the right people in your life. You have to have your, the right significant other. If you want to have a business, my boyfriend's cutthroat, but I need that sometimes because I want to have a cutthroat business because that's, what's going to make me money in the end. So, you know, my friends, they're cutthroat. They'll tell me yes or no. Cause they know they want me to do the best I can. So you know, it just, you gotta, it's, it's all, it's crazy. It's just owning a business is insane. Like I, I can't say it enough. It just, I it, like talking about it right now. I can't believe that I, I actually have a business that I, somebody wants to talk to me about. Like it's, it's crazy. So anyways. <laughs> yeah, no, I think, like I said, I, the whole, the whole premise behind the whole podcast is just from, you know, all the experiences I've had in life, the, you know, playing, you know, playing, not that it's about that specifically like i'm not about i'm about to sound like a douchebag for a second but like mm-hmm. playing d1 lacrosse and then playing d2 lacrosse and then all the experiences that come with that not that it's about the levels but it's just like having both an experience at a high level and then like another level mm-hmm. and then two different schools being able to travel you know going you know all over spain like we talked about briefly yeah. and just you know living in boston living in denver you know traveling to all the cities i've traveled to and just all the things i got to do i've been able to meet a lot of people and i'm just like yo kind of in in a way like how your boyfriend's like yo there's a lot you have to offer i look at people that way i'm like there's a lot that we all have to offer but we're i don't know if it comes from society just like how you know school conditions us a certain way how our upbringing conditions us a lot of way that a lot of people are spoofed in scared to like put out into the world what they have so it's like Mm -hmm. you know what I like to talk to people and I like to learn from people. So why don't I start a podcast just asking people that I think are doing cool shit? Like, yo, what are you doing and why are you doing it? And then we just have a conversation over it. And then on top of it, it's a way to build our network. And maybe someone that doesn't know you listens to this and is like, who the fuck is this Abigail girl? Looks at your Instagram is like, holy shit, I like those hoodies. I like that piece. I like those biker shorts, da, da, da. I want to buy them. And now from that, just that simple mutual connection, you now have, you know, you're growing like a networking community in a way as well. Yeah. That's, that's, that's all, that's, that's all it is nowadays. Like, and it's not even just, just networking for, you know, the clout or the money or anything. I, I do this because I, I love connecting with people. Like this is my favorite thing, just talking to people. And when I have pop-up shops and seeing my customers meet me and they're like, Oh my gosh, I don't want to sound weird, but like, I kind of feel like I'm meeting a celebrity and I'm like, I love that because I'm literally the farthest thing from a celebrity, but I love that I, that I feel like that to you because you like you noticing me like that makes me feel like that towards you. Like 
it's so important. Just this connection, like that's all I'm looking for in this because you know what? I sit home every day. I have two golden retrievers. Guess who I talk to all day? My two golden retrievers. I don't talk to anybody else. So like, I love just connecting with people and that's networking. That's how you grow. That's how, and that's all I, that's what I yearn for every day. So it's so important. Like if you just connect and network with as many people as possible, because you never know where that's going to get you. No, and that's the that's the other thing. And like, um, at, I've mentioned this on the podcast briefly before we get back to your your business is, um, is that I had a friend who she played lacrosse at Mercier. She knows who she is, and we always. I'm a I'm a big Syracuse basketball fan, even though they they're trash. They I, I don't want to say they're trash. I won't say they're trash. They're just not. They're not. They're not. They're not Duke and UNC of as of late. Yeah. But, yeah. And she went to she went to Duke Medical School. And when she came back for an alumni weekend, like, obviously I like to instigate and talk shit. Um, that's, <laughs> that's, that's the way I convey my love is like, I, I like shit talk. And, and so um, she was saying, she was just like, you know, like you should come up for a Duke basketball game. And I'm just like, I ain't going to no fucking Duke basketball game. Um, <laughs> and she's like, well, we, she was like, you don't want to be in the Cameron crazy. Like it didn't exactly go like this, but it kind of did. I mean, we were also like hammered. And so yeah. basically like I always say like, I and I was living in Boston. Like I ended up by the time I ended up going, I was living in Boston at the time. And I to this day, it's like one of the greatest weekends I've ever had in my life. Mm-hmm. Is I went down to Duke to visit. We me and another friend, we went down to Duke to visit her. We sat sitting in the camera crazy section, mm-hmm. and we're maybe like ten feet if that from Duke. It's when like they still had Grace and Allen in them. And I'm sitting here and I'm just like, okay, I don't really like Duke, but this is actually fucking sick. And like to get to our seats, you had to walk onto the floor. And I'm like, it's like, you have to be a celebrity. Like when, um, when uh, Zion Williamson was still at Duke, like Obama and Floyd Mayweather showed up and love that and, and stuff like that. Like you can't buy these tickets. I mean, they were also playing UNC and the ticket was like three grand a ticket, but um, oh they, my were pl- God. they were playing. This is not when I was there. It was when Floyd and Obama were there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but when I was there, they were playing Pitt and they absolutely slaughtered Pitt. But it was cool because Friday night before the game, UNC is so close to Duke. We got to go out at UNC, experience what UNC was like. And then Saturday, we were pre-gaming during the day and shit like that. And then it was like, I want to say like a 3 p.m. or 1 o'clock game. Got to go to sit in Cameron Crazies. Got to experience what the student section is like at a Duke basketball game. Packed house. Like, I've never experienced something like that. And then as we're pre-gaming to go out later that night, um, my buddy Mark, who I lived with in Boston, he called me and he's like, yo, you trying to go to the AFC championship game tomorrow, Pat's Jags. And I'm just like, no, I'm not. And he's like, why? What time you land? I'm like, listen, bro, fuck the Patriots. Like, and fuck the Jags too. I'm like, unless it's the bills, I ain't going. Yeah, he's yeah. like, he's like, you're really going to be that immature about it. And I'm like, I'm like, listen, he goes, we got free tickets. I go free tickets. I said, all right, I'll go on one condition. He goes, what's that? And I'm just like, uh, I get to wear my Bruce Smith Bills jersey. And he just goes, oh, I hate, he goes, he's like, fuck you and hung up the phone. And then he texted me and he's just like, yeah, what time do you land? And I left Duke, landed back in Boston at like 10, 10 30. He picked me up. We immediately grabbed the, we grabbed some booze or whatever, had to, went to Gillette stadium and we're at the Patriots game and we were standing, we moved down cause we were in the three hundreds and then we moved down to like the standing room section. And we were right there in the end zone where Brady threw the 
touchdown pass to Amendola for the like the comeback win. And I'm just like sitting there thinking as we're going back to like Southie where we lived was just like, yo, 24 hours ago I was sitting courtside at a Duke basketball game, and now I just went to the AFC Championship game and just uh, you know, I know we don't like them, but I arguably just saw the goat throw a, a comeback touchdown. I'm like, this all just stemmed from relationships I've built in the years past. And it's not like I, you know, I just was able to build a relationship and keep the relationship. And then you never know where it got you. So that's kind of like how you were talking about business. Like it's all about building relationships. You never know where that relationship's going to lead you. Mm-hmm. I always like to tell that story just to like hammer that point down that it's just like, you you never know what's going to come out of just building a relationship with people. That's amazing. That's literally a week. Like that's, that's a weekend to remember. That's awesome. Oh, it was insane. And it was I love like, that. and like the mo- my biggest expense was my pregame. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh. You're so lucky. That's, that's amazing. What a yeah. great story. And it's like, uh, like, you know, and kind of going back to like your, your business aspect, like how you were talking about, like your boyfriend was like, you know, you have all this talent and stuff. Uh, there's probably a lot of people that like, even with you, for example, that you've probably talked to and been like, Hey, you can do this. And they're just like, no, 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 Abigail, I'm not like that. So like for you, what was it that you believed your boyfriend about? He just, he, I don't, it's hard because he was just like, you, he will never, he'll never, that dude will never lie to me. And he said, you have so much talent and so much potential and you're not using it right now. And my parents always said, you have God given talents that God blessed upon you and you need to use those. And I've, I've, I've just gotten to the point where I'm like, if I'm not using the talents that God have given, has given me, then I'm, I'm not living up to my fullest potential and a life not lived up to, to your fullest potential is not a life worth living. So I've just gotten to that point where if I'm not giving my all every day, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not living up to what, what is expected of me. And, you know, by my parents, by my boyfriend, by God, like I got, I, you know, you just got to keep grinding. And obviously God's not like, yo, you got to grind, but <laughs> You know, like he's no, you know, he, no. He wants me to use my talents that he get gave me, and like I'm a strong believer of all the you know all that stuff. So it's just yeah, I just I I gotta I've just instilled it in me that that's when people say that it's the truth, and I just gotta keep going, and that's just what I do every day. I mean, I woke up at seven this morning, and we started this at you know eight, and the uh, seconds before you called me I you know I was working so it's just it's an everyday grind but it's worth it I actually and I know you'll like this uh because you said it I actually on my finger I have um 2122 tatted oh you do yeah do you know what that means I've heard that before wait 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 I tell me what wait refresh me because I've definitely heard that before look up geez I I should know because it's my own tattoo but um I don't know if it's Matthew or Mark um but let's let's see uh yes okay it's Matthew 2122 okay you okay you know what I that's why I've heard it before that's yes okay 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 I think what is the um I'll look it up after. But okay, that's... so it basically okay. says that all things that you ask for in prayer, if you believe you can have it, you will receive it. Yes, manifestation. Yes, I was going to, and that was my next thing, was like, what, what that was the next question I had for you, mm-hmm. um, is how, what is like your whole idea on like, or I don't want to say idea, but 
how what would you say to someone that like at like your shop or something like that or if came to a pop-up shop and it's like hey like pulls you aside and it's just talking to you for example and it's like hey mm-hmm. Abigail like how do you bring your ideas into reality um I, and I get this all the time like I have girls who message me and say how did how did all this happen you know how do I do this and I love that because I'll help I'll help everyone to the fullest extent I'll do as much as I can mm-hmm. um but I, I mean I don't I would just I get, I don't know. I just get things just happen and I get my ideas and it'll be late at night or I'll be, you know, I've had like three glass, you know, three or four glasses of wine. And I'm like, Hey, that would look really good on a sweatshirt or, you know, just like, I don't know, little things or I'll sit and I've had, I'll take a week off and I'll say this week is used to, to design. And in those weeks I've, you know, I've woken up at two in the morning and I've woken up and I said, Hey, that's going on a sweat on a sweatshirt. And though the two or three times that I've had that happen, I've had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of sales of like a, f- a few of my sweatshirts. And since, you know, that was in my like downtime when it was like, you know, February, March, April, May, when I really wasn't selling very much, I, I needed to dig deep to find that creative, you know, niche in me and, and, try to figure something out because I wasn't making any money, especially in the off season. It's really hard to, you know, people really aren't wanting to buy things, but I got to make, I have to make things that people love that people are like, I have to have that right now, even if it's off season. Mm-hmm. So I would just, yeah, I would just, I, I, I don't know. I would just tell people like, you just have to take inspiration from everything around you. That's what I would do. And anytime you have an idea, just, make sure you store it in the back of your mind and just try to work through it. If it works, it does. If it doesn't, it doesn't. So I just had, keep going. I've had many designs flop and people don't think they do. And I've had many designs flop. So it just, it all just, it takes just persevering through all of it. Mm-hmm. And I, how I, I asked you this and then we got, a, I just, we completely went elsewhere, but you playing hockey for as long as you did. And yeah. um, whether you played, whether you played hockey at a super high level or you didn't, there was still discipline, work ethic, commitment, uh, team loyalty, uh, camaraderie in the locker room and just all that shit. So like with you playing sports, how big, and I only ask this with people that have played sports. It's not something that like you can, I don't feel as though you can ask someone that didn't play a sport this Mm -hmm. question, but how big do you think the lessons and the principles of being a leader in a sport and be becoming good at a sport ties into business. So, so I, I, the hockey I played was competitive. We came, um, I was one of the pioneer girls hockey teams out of, out of the junior purple Eagles at Niagara university. we, We came in like third in the nation one year. Um, another year, multiple times went to States. We used to play up in Canada. Um, we were great. And it was, it was amazing. I still have friends to this day that were, you know, from those hockey teams, but I would say the biggest thing is discipline. Um, you know, true to itself, just being completely disciplined. And I had, I had amazing coaches who would just, you know, stuck to the rut five days a week practicing. And I have to, I think about those things, even if it's subconsciously in the back of my mind, when I'm working and I say, you know, 
discipline, discipline every day. You know, you got to keep going, even if you don't want to, even when, when I was 15 and I was hung over and I was throwing up at 2 AM and my mom had to get me in a snowstorm in Grand Island and pick me up. And at, at 8 AM, I had hockey practice and all the other girls who got drunk didn't have to go. My parents looked at me and said, we don't care that you got screwed up last night. Guess what? You're going to practice. And it was discipline and just little lessons like that, you know, being hung over at 15 and, and, and my parents making me go to hockey practice and skate my ass off. I learned, guess what? That's what's going to make me a better player. And that's, what's going to, that's discipline. So I've, it's, you know, it's back to my parents. They taught me through making me do it. And even though I loved it, making me do it and following through with it, they taught me that you've got to be disciplined because that has followed through time and time with my business that if I wasn't disciplined multiple times, things would have fell through and I wouldn't be at the spot where I am now. And obviously no, like, and, and that's awesome because it sounds like you have rock star parents. Cause yeah, I, oh, yeah. when you're 15 hungover, you feel like you're dying. Like <laughs> You feel like you're on your oh, last breath. And then, which is funny because like I, and like, I only asked the question that way. Cause we didn't talk about, like, I didn't know like uh, what level you played uh, hockey at, but it's crazy to think that like looking back now, even though we're not that old, that we would have, we would go and willingly do practice hungover. Like we knew we had practice the next day, but we're like, nope, we're sending it tonight. Whereas like now, if I had to do that, no chance. <laughs> oh my God. Multiple times. Like even if I drank, like if I had more than like two or three glasses of wine, I, I can't even, I, yeah, I can't even move the next day. Like it's, a, <laughs> it's you, so different. Are you a tequila person? No. So oh, you were no. those tequila vibes. No, I've gotten, no, I, I, I think I got messed up on tequila when I was 15 and it was not good. And I think ever since then, I like, I'm a wine, I'm def a wine girl, true and true recently, just like a vodka soda girl, but I was never a huge partier. Um, even in college, like I never drank. I was only there for like literally a year and a half, even in high school. Um, but now I'm like, you know, I'm chilling. So with my yeah. business now, I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll have, you know, the half a bottle of wine after working for 14 hours, which is well-deserved, but yes, yes. I, it's like now that, uh, I do it now. <laughs> it's like that video. It's like that video meme where that girl's just like, um, it's like that video meme where the girl's just like two shots of vodka and she like pours out half the bottle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's um, me. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> I love it. Um, <laughs> So pretty much like, you know, all that, all that we've talked about for the past hour and whatnot, and I greatly appreciate your time. What would you say, um, I got a couple of final questions for you. What would you say that business wise, and I know you Mm -hmm. said like, what are taxes? What is an LLC? How do I do this? How do I do that? Um, what would you say from your experiences, Mm -hmm. if you were doing the business school of Abigail would be the three pillars of experience that you learned through the School of Hard Knocks. Take the classes that your parents say don't take. Or I mean, do take. Like when my mom was like, you need to take a tax class. You need to take a finance class. My mom said over and over, get a my or get a, even if you're in college, get a minor in business. Just do it because you know what? If you want to start a business one day, I promise you it'll be so worth it. I would always listen to your parents because, you know, they usually know stuff about business. They're, they've been through it. Um, learn, learn about taxes. Um, take a class if you can. 
because I, I I don't even know what I'm doing still. Like I, I don't even know if I filed my taxes right this year. I'm pretty sure I did, but like, that is the hardest part of all of this has been like, just making sure I know how to legally and correctly put in my income that I've, what I've made. Um, and then I don't, I, I, maybe just those two, like that, that, and may, maybe not go to college. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm in that boat. I'm in t- like, when I have kids, I'm just going to, if it's, who knows what the world's going to be like then. But like, that's my thing. If I had a high schooler now, which no, I don't, but I would just be like, yeah, if you, if you don't want to go to college, like let, okay. Like we, we're going to have a plan here. Cause you ain't just sitting on your ass. Yeah. And you know what? All those kids that you said earlier, earlier in the podcast about the kids who go to, who go to BOCES and everything and the plumbers and the electricians, guess what? they're the ones making two, $300 an hour nowadays. So that's the way to go. Getting into a trade, I will never, ever down someone for wanting to go and do that because guess what? They're probably going to be making more money than us. Well, to go off that, and we'll save this for a complete different day, but a lot of the a lot of kids I know from high school or even just like kids that I went to college with that are now plumbers or just and not even plumbers to be exact, but like better tradesmen will say. Yeah, they are racking in the money from one, they're nine to five working as a tradesman. And then on top of it, because they're always doing things in that avenue, mm-hmm. a lot of them have a lot of them have rental properties. A lot of them have side hustles, but they're very quiet about it. Yep. So it's like, it's one of those things where it's just like, never, never, like my mom always said, she's like, never, you know, pick on the nerd or never pick on the ugly person. Cause one day they might be your boss or it might be the girl you want to date one day. And they're going to say, yeah. no, go, go kick rocks. Yep. So it's like, it's one of those things, which I think is funny. Um, I love but that. Last question I have for you here is, okay. um, if you could, if you could meet 18, I don't know why I keep saying, oh, yeah, no, no, I said that right. I usually I say if you go back in time, but that's not it. But if today you could meet 18-year-old Abigail, what would you tell her, one, about the ups and downs in life? And mm-hmm. then two, that one's not business related. That's just about whatever. Mm-hmm. And then two, what piece of wise words would you give her to um, always carry with her moving forward in life? I, okay, so 18-year-old Abigail, I'm trying to envision myself. Okay, first year of, okay, freshman year in NU, but I would tell, no, I would tell her, get out of college. No, um, I would, what I would tell her was keep working your ass off because it will pay off. I promise you, because now I know it has paid off. Um, literally stop worrying about boys because they're dumb. Like, don't like at that age, do not worry about boys. They're not that important. Like you will get the point in life to worry about them later. And that everything happens for a reason. And God has a plan. hundred percent. Cute Drake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cute Drake right now. <laughs> uh, so, all right. Well, I, we're, I think that's good. I think it's, I think that's the podcast. I love it. So thank you for doing this. Um, uh, my, uh, my cousin actually just uh, relocated to Charlotte. He's in the police Academy right now. So, um, whether that's next time, if there's a Lewiston pop-up shop or, you know, sometime we'll get in touch some way, shape or form. Yes. I love it. Yeah. So I greatly appreciate you doing this and, um, and I would love to have you on again in the future. Hell yeah. We'll talk soon. Okay. Yes. Thank you very much. Thank you.